Welcome to Speak Pure Like Honey. I want you all for just one moment, close your eyes and imagine what it would feel like to meet Allah. Imagine what it would feel like to see Allah. Imagine what it would feel like to finally say, you made it. Imagine if all the tears, the discomfort, the heartbreak, the heartache that you felt was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which indeed it is, but why? Why was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala putting you and I through these troubles that were blessings in disguise? Why was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granting us amazing people, right, into our lives and then removing them from our lives when we least expect it? Why was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessing us with friendships that only taught us to rely on Him? Well, that's why. Allah was teaching us to only put our reliance in His hands, the hands, His hands that never break. Allah is the rightful owner of all creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined every single thing and every single substance and what will happen to them. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Nothing repels the divine decree but supplication, dua, and nothing increases lifespan but righteousness. So because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed everything, that doesn't mean that you give up. That doesn't mean you don't try. That means you raise your hands and call out to your Rabb. That means you make dua. Don't lose hope. Just because Allah has written every single thing, it doesn't mean that you're going to live in poverty forever. But what does dua teach us? It teaches us to call out to Allah. Why does Allah have these 99 names and attributes that we are told we should learn? It's so that we know and we recognize who the only provider for all creation is. Who is Ar-Razakh? The provider is only Allah. And so if we don't know who Allah is, who would we call out to? Who would provide for us? Who would give us a bed to sleep on? Who would give us life? There's nobody else that we can call out to, right? So say alhamdulillah for being, for being given a message, for being given a religion that has already paved for us the only pathway to success in this life, only to prepare us for the rewards in the next life. Paradise is filled with believers that have struggled, that have sinned, that have repented, that have experienced the most severe situations. But through all of that, they always knew that Allah would never neglect them. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to throw all of us into hellfire, would he be the most forgiving? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly didn't want us to, to succeed, would there be paradise? Perfection is reserved for the next life. This life was meant to test us to see who amongst us is best and firm in their faith. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't want us to succeed in this life, then would he create us to begin with? Even after the angels have asked him why he would create humans that are going to create destruction and bloodshed. And Allah told them 
Allah told the angels, he knows what they don't know. Allah has power over all things and he has wisdom that we don't have, right? You know shaitan, the devil, he refused one sujood. And what does Allah teach us through our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? That in sujood, when we place our forehead on that prayer mat, that is when we are the closest to our Lord. That is when we are the closest to Allah. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes the priority and the center point of our lives, everything else will certainly become centered. Our mind, our body, right? All of that will become centered. And when we feel the love of this world, when we feel the love of this world, its attachments, the friendships into our heart, we no longer will be centered. We no longer will be centered in all aspects of our lives. Everything will crumble, right? Because we have removed the center point and priority of our heart and that love that was supposed to be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've, we've mixed it with other things, right? Things that can't fill our voids. Things that can't bring us true happiness. But it's when you start to engage in that which can only misguide you. What happens? We start to become surrounded around people who are also misguided. What happens? We slowly start to stop praying our prayers because we feel like it's not serving its purpose anymore. So we fall so deep into this illusion of the world that then we ask ourselves, how did I get to this point? How did I get to the point where I felt like I was good enough without Allah? How did I get to this point where I felt like I was well off? How? How can we ever believe that we are greater than Allah? Because essentially, that is what we are doing when we start to worship our desires. As if that's how we'll we will attain peace from within. My sinning has only disrupted the flow of life. My sinning has only taught me lessons that I needed to see. Going to sit at the hookah lounge is telling Allah that your desires are greater than him. That is what we're doing. When we decide to go have fun at the nightclub, that is what we are doing. When we decide you, we would rather sit, chit-chat, and gossip rather than fulfill our prayers and seek forgiveness, we are telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our temptations and fulfilling our own selves and our own desires is greater than him. Subhanallah. And Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be the greatest part of our lives and our existence. How can I choose to be in the presence of people rather than be in the presence of the one who created the presence and gift of this life to me and you? And that is why we feel this sort of emptiness, right? And when we feel this emptiness and this void, that's when we start to question, why is all this happening to me? Why is Allah putting me through these troubles? Why is Allah testing me? Why is Allah not testing those who are doing worse than me? Did you stop to reflect? Allah may have given those who are doing worse the reward of this life, and he may be withholding the reward of the next life. When we start to pay attention to the lives of other people, that is when we also start to lose sight of why we are even where we are. 
why we are even at the point where we have forgotten Allah. So now the question is, well, what do I do when I realize I'm at the point? Well, let me tell you, that in itself, that in itself is a blessing. You asking yourself how you got to the point where you've forgotten Allah is a blessing. Having these thoughts and recognizing that you have distanced yourself through your sinning and through your actions and your behavior is a blessing because you want to change, right? And Allah says Allah will not change the condition of people until they change what's within themselves. And this is the love and mercy of your Rabb. No one else can give to you and I the way Allah gives to us. Allah loves you so much that even when we sin and even when we turn away from Him, He doesn't take away your bed. He doesn't take away your car. He doesn't take away your wealth. Allah seals our hearts. And real talk, my heart being sealed is the worst thing I think can ever happen to me. I can no longer feel. I can no longer love. I can no longer be present. I can no longer rush to do good deeds because I'm so focused on the future. My focus has become what I can attain from this world. My focus has become how much money I need to make and what kind of car I'm going to have and what kind of house I'm going to live in and you know what kind of rich friends I'm going to be around, what kind of network I'm going to build, forgetting that Allah is in control of all that. We want to create this happiness and so-called choose ourselves. We want to make sure that we create the sort of perfect, in a sense, lifestyle where we can be quote-unquote happy and in that equation Allah is not present. How can you create a happiness for yourself that you're not even in control of? How can I live happy when I'm not living to please the one who creates that happiness? And I'm not talking temporary happiness. I'm not talking that temporary feeling you get when you smoke that joint because you're so depressed and you're so sad. But the sadness and depression and that disconnection came from displeasing your Lord. The happiness I'm talking about is when you get happy knowing that you are trying your best as a Muslim to please Allah. That's the type of happiness we should strive for. Allah is in control of you and I's happiness. Yes, Allah has control over our emotions. Allah has control to guide you to make that specific dua for help. Allah has control over your spouse and who you're going to marry and how many children you're going to have. Allah even has control to take away your eyesight. We now see, but we're not seeing what we need to be paying attention to, which is the guidance that Allah has sent us. We have ears and there's reminders all around us, but we choose not to hear, right? Because we think we have time and we don't have time. And we keep telling ourselves when the time is right, I'll start praying. When the time is right, I'll start being kind to my Muslim brothers and sisters. There's never a right time. Right By the will and permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to take that first step. Allah has knowledge over our, all things, but you know, He puts us through these troubles and these tribulations and these trials for what? So that you can come to Him. How amazing is it that your Lord wants to have a constant connection with you? Is that so bad? We pray five times a day so that we can maintain our direct connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does it require a lot of work? No, it just requires us to try. 
Sometimes we put more work and effort and time and love and energy into our friendships more than we do to Allah. The love in your heart, the center part of your heart is for Allah. And when you put other things in the center of your heart, it becomes black. It hardens your heart. And the closest people to Allah are the ones who have soft hearts, are the ones who speak kindly to the creation of Allah, are the ones who are patient. So remind yourself that it's a blessing today to wake up. It's a blessing to be given the blessing of another shot, shot at life as a Muslim. What a gift. You've been given a gift that you didn't ask for. You've been given a gift that many people pay for. And what I mean, when I say pay, I'm not talking about monetary, right? I'm talking about some people pay their life. They pay for it. They truly do. They go through that misguidance. They, they fall into disbelief. They don't chase. They chase that money and the fame. Whatever it is they go through that experience just to come to find out that only in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will their hearts find ease. The ease you think you get from drinking, smoking, turning up, stealing, all of that just to fulfill your own desires, that's not ease. That's not ease one bit. That's denial. That's denial that there's something in your life that you need to change within yourself that you're not ready to change. And you're not ready to accept needs to change. The biggest blessing is being a Muslim. Remember that. How can we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we truly don't take the time to love him? How can we love an entity, a divine creator, if we don't take that time? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who restores faith into our hearts. So raise your hands. Close your eyes and imagine what it would feel like to see Allah. Imagine what it would feel like to be in front of Allah. Imagine what it would feel like to finally say, you made it. This life is not meant to be perfect. It's meant to prepare you for the perfect and eternal one. One that never ends. And remember, speak pure like honey. Oh, 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 oh.